Salutations. Welcome to Spiritual Blitherings, Philosophical Ponderings, and Everything Ramblings at the Hopeful Humanist Cafe. This is a Just Some Guy production, and I'm that guy, your host, Steve, the Hopeful Humanist. Today we're going to talk about ideas and flow of the good life and a number of resources for our mindfulness toolbox. Today's episode 17 is entitled Equipping Our Youth for the Happier Quest. I like to start with a quote that I found on the Positivity blog. It's a Chinese proverb. If you want happiness for an hour, take a nap. If you want happiness for a day, go fishing. If you want happiness for a year, inherit a fortune. If you want happiness for a lifetime, help someone. I'm inclined to think that for most of us, we would probably invert the last two thoughts. The idea of happiness for a lifetime, I think for many of us, would include the idea of winning the lottery. But the challenge today is to rethink the things that will bring us happiness, the things that could foster personal growth, the things that might help us flourish. And the idea here is that relationship is really important. And this is the news that we get from the positive psychology research. Today's episode, Equipping Our Youth for the Happier Quest, was inspired from a moment of reflection that I was having about some of the conversation that I was having with my two beautiful boys about happiness, about personal growth, about flourishing. I was wondering, you know, what kind of conversations do I want to continue to have with my boys to help them navigate this stressful, demanding world and equip them so that they can have happiness? As a parent, isn't that what we all want for our kids, for them to be happy? I think that's the thing that we, we're automatically inclined to say when someone says, well, what do you want for your boys? Well, I want them to be happy. So I thought, you know, I would start a discussion with some parents, some preliminary discussions before I produced this episode. And it was really enlightening. I, I thought it was more or less a straightforward question that I was asking. I thought that we would more or less just kind of agree to talk about creating a list of the things that we might want to include as relevant, important topics of discussion for the Happier Quest. But it actually went in a little bit of a different direction. A lot of people addressed some concerns that they were having. But before I get there, let me say, first of all, when I was thinking about this and then thinking about extending the question to include other parents, I initially was very aware of my reluctance to have the kind of conversation that I had when I was younger. And this this idea that, you know, if you go to school, if you graduate and then you go on to post-secondary and you get a degree, just go to university. That, that was the information. That was the idea that I, I was being shared or, or told that uh, if you do this, you're going to be okay. And then, you know, meet someone and, you know, the, the, the next steps would include getting married, having kids, having a home. And I, I found myself hesitant in terms of having that kind of discussion with my boys because I was thinking, you know what, if they ask me, so dad, if, if I do those things, will I be happy? My thought is that, no, I, I can't guarantee that. That while it is an avenue or a vehicle for people to experience incredible degrees of happiness, it's not always the case for everyone. 
And so I want to make sure that I was careful in terms of the conversations that I was going to start having. And so I was like, okay, you know, what would be some good topics to start addressing? So when I entered into these preliminary discussions with some other parents and they shared some cautions, I was really surprised in terms of the many directions that this conversation can go in terms of the, the simple question that I was asking. My first friend, he identified, no, no, I'm out. I'm out on this whole happier quest thing. You know, for me, it's about show, don't tell. You, know, you live your life a certain way and that becomes the, the testament in terms of how to live one's life in terms of creating opportunities for happiness. It's, all this talk is, it's not helpful. It's not clarifying. And I walked away from that conversation finding myself in a, a large amount of agreement that, you know, role modeling is really important. But this idea of all or nothing, I, I can't completely wrap my head around the, you know, it's show, don't tell. For me, my reaction was why not show and tell? So I went on to another discussion and a, and a, a colleague that I work with and kind of was more or less addressing a similar concern. And uh, the, the idea was, his concern was that, you know, when we have these conversations, th there could be the possibility that as parents, we start to project our ideas of what happiness are and inadvertently start pressuring the youth in our families, the, our children, to internalize our ideas. And, and if that's the case, then they're definitely going to have struggles because they won't be living their authentic lives. Moving on to yet another conversation, uh, the, the first response, and there was a number of, uh, there was a number of different points of feedback with this person, but they identified like, wow, you know, don't you think there are maybe some things to be aware of, concerned about in terms of this implication, the implications of focusing on happiness? This person who comes from a different country, and I'm not going to name the country because while this person was sharing some kind of thoughts about place of origin, I just want to be careful because, you know, not, not all people would perhaps be in agreement. But this person was sharing that for her coming from a country in Eastern Europe, that happiness is not so much the focus there. It's more a kind of standing up or transcending adversity. And then because of that, finding meaning and purpose. Having said that, though, in offering the caution and an awareness about the possible cultural differences that could end up becoming involved in this conversation, she was saying, you know what, like, I, th I think sometimes we just got to make sure we don't overlook the really important um, in-your-face kind of stuff. And she said, I, I would definitely encourage my, my children uh, and as they grow up and become youth to never lose sight of the fact of the importance of laughing and playing. And you know what I'm going to throw in there? Dancing, because I, I think that all fits in. The fourth person I talked to, who once again is not from North America, but a country in Europe, identified that uh, in terms of his country, as a generalization once again, that he senses that people there uh, aren't happy unless they have something to complain about. <laughs> uh, they're not happy unless they're miserable. And he said that for, for him, his thinking is that they've, they've turned complaining into an art form. And once again, bringing in this, this, the, the idea of uh, cultural differences. He then went on to say, though, if, if I'm, I'm going to contribute a, a topic, it would be about the importance of learning and embracing this idea of uh, lifelong learning. And his concern was that as, as we move forward, we're, we're trying to equip our kids 
to be ready for a world that doesn't even exist yet. And we can't even fully anticipate or appreciate what it's going to look like in terms of complexity. And that his sense is that in the future, there's actually going to be more people and less jobs. And that that's going to pose some problems in terms of livelihood and sustenance. And that because of this, it's really important to impart a impart a sense of the importance of learning. That while he said he does support traditional learning and you know going to school and post secondary and you know to at university getting a a degree uh, that any kind of learning is is something that at the end of the day is just going to be really important. And the last person I talked to talked about memory. And I was really surprised with this one. It's the idea that, you know, in life, there, there is suffering. There's a lot of challenges. There's adversity. But yet there's a whole bunch of really incredible things that happen. And that's important that we don't lose sight of them. And that we do things, whether it's taking pictures or writing in our journal, that we give ourselves an opportunity to not lose sight of and hold of those really valuable and precious memories that we have experienced in our lives. So those are the uh, preliminary thoughts. And they suggested to me that my, I was somewhat naive at the beginning to think, hey, you know, I'm going to ask people, what kind of conversations do you want to have with your kids? And uh, let's, let's figure out what a list of topics could be. I do have a list that I'm going to get to. And then there's about six ideas on that list. But before I get there, I just want to mention right now the three resources that I'm showcasing in this episode in terms of us as parents or adults equipping youth, our children or children that we work with uh, for a, the, the happier quest for the possibility of personal growth and flourishing in this world. So the first resource is from Tal Ben-Shahar, his Positive Psychology Harvard course online that you can access through YouTube. I think that everyone would do well to listen to the whole lecture series. But in terms of this particular episode, episode 17, I I just want to highlight episode 16 or lecture 16 of Tal Ben-Shahar's Positive Psychology course. He talks about four things that are really important for the happier quest. And in a sense, he's offering a formula. And I don't want to be suggesting by any means that the goal of this discussion is to create a formula that people can kind of pick up and walk away with and then implement. And it's going to offer some certainty in terms of elevating levels of happiness. No, I don't want to do that. I I just want to say that I think that there are some foundational activities that we need to engage in in our lives so that we can be expanding our capacity to cope in this world and then thrive in this world because of increased self-esteem and a sense of optimism. So the four things that he suggests that we need to do, these activities that will help us be happier. And so this is true for adults. And if it's true for adults, I think it's something that we have to offer as a foundational thought for the the kids and the youth in our lives. Would be number one, exercise four times a day for 30 minutes. Number two, six to seven times a week, engage in 15 minutes of mindfulness every day or six to seven times per week. Number three, sleep eight hours in a 24-hour period. And the fourth thing is get between six to 12 hugs a day. The other resource I want to identify that could be helpful is specifically, this is the one that's more specifically targeted for the youth that we're considering in terms of what's a resource that they could use that could be helpful 
for them to orient their lives and create an increased opportunity for higher levels of happiness? Well, I would like to introduce you to the Purpose Challenge. And I found this on the Greater Good Berkeley website, and uh, I'm going to provide the link. And if you go to the front page of this web resource, it identifies uh, that this is to help teens find their purpose. It's a four-day online workshop, and it says that its purpose is to provide an online toolkit that will help a young person find his or her or one's sense of purpose, and at the same time write a college essay that highlights the young person's strengths, passions, abilities, and orient them to their higher sense of purpose and meaning in life. Research links a strong sense of purpose to improved health, well-being, and success. So I went on and I uh, created a, a user ID and I imagined and I acted as if I was a, a teenager who was trying to figure out my place in this world. And I completed all the different activities over the four days and I found it really interesting and really enlightening. And so my hope is that this could be a really helpful tool if you have a youth in your life or as our children become youth, that at some point we can introduce them in, in a timely way to this resource that can help them understand what purpose is and perhaps take action steps to more fully align themselves with their own purpose. The last resource is Yoga with Adrian. I included that in there because if Tal Ben-Shahar is right that we need to engage in exercise and mindfulness activities, then this resource allows us to do some things for our mind, spirit, and body. So I'm at the, I guess you could say, for me, the heart and soul of this discussion, where I just wanted to share some thoughts about the discussions that I look forward to having with my two boys as they grow up. I won't get into the depths of the different kind of detailed conversations that uh, parents can have. I'll leave that to you to figure that out. But in terms of thinking about, well, what's some, what are some things that we should hit? Well, I was thinking the first thing would be recognizing that uh, in terms of the Happier Quest, relationship is paramount. And in terms of the different relationships that we have, often we have to do this thing called love work. Like it takes effort. And that in terms of this effort, our relationships are most solid, not only when we validate the person that we're involved with, but that we have a real understanding of who they are. So as parents, we're achieving this by even participating in this conversation by saying, you know what, you know, as the young person that's in our lives that we care about, we want to truly know you so that we can support you so that you can have the life that you want and that this will feed the need for connection and belonging and allow a person to figure out and discover one's purpose and meaning. Now, I also want to highlight the idea that relationship is not just about what's happening between two people or a group of people or a family or a community. It's also about the way we relate to, the, the way we relate to these different kind of abstract things in life um, that are you know very concrete uh, in, in terms of our daily comings and goings and this idea of like what is your relationship with substances you know in terms of alcohol or what is your relationship with sleep did you get enough sleep what's your relationship with money are you a spender are you a saver you know do, do you put profits before people or is it people before profits like what kind of relationship do you have and the question is is it a balanced, healthy relationship? So the second topic of discussion, I think, would be about discovering your passions. Asking our young people 
if they have a sense of what is important to them. Now, I know that this is a scary question because at first some people might react, well, I don't know, and they might get into a kind of a despair response. And I think that, you know, that's okay because we could say more or less this question is just an invitation to experiment with some new things so that a young person can discover his, her, or one's interests and that this connects to the opportunity to be able to experience joy and it fuels purpose and meaning and self-actualization and provides uh, the medium which we can have these things called peak experiences. So connected with this idea of discover your passions, we would have additional conversations about like valuing growth and learning. And because as we grow older, sometimes we become apprehensive and self-conscious about trying new things. I think as Tal Ben-Shahar often says, we have to let the young people know that it's important that they open up to this idea of learn to fail or fail to learn. The third thing I think, and this one could be a huge discussion topic over the course of many dinners, which is a protective factor, by the way, or you know, years as it unfolds. But uh, this is the idea of a conversation focused on recognizing and accepting um, one's humanity and one's shared humanity. So we would be talking about some of these really hard discussions about that uh, in terms of the bad news of Buddhism, as some people would say, that life includes suffering. For me, I'd be talking about the absurd and you know how to stand up to the absurd. And also, I would be at some point when, when it seems like the young person is able to have this hard conversation, uh, review the five remembrances of uh, Buddhism. And those five remembrances, because this is about the nature of our being in this world, would be that, uh, number one, I am of the nature to grow old. There is no way to escape growing old. Number two, I am of the nature to have ill health. There's no way to escape having ill health. Number three, I am of the nature to die. There is no way to escape death. Number four, all that is dear to me and everyone I love are of the nature to change. There is no way to escape being separated from them. And number five, my actions are my only true belongings. I cannot escape the consequence of my actions. My actions are the ground on which I stand. And I find that last one really encouraging and, and optimistic that you know we can choose how we're going to conduct ourselves in this world in spite of some things. A great way of summarizing that up is the serenity prayer. So in terms of recognizing and accepting our humanity, it's realizing, hey, nobody's perfect. And that at times we're going to have to do these things like pay bills and taxes and that if you're a part of, if you're a millennial or Gen Z or Gen Alpha, simply being born at this historical period in terms of this constantly changing technological world predisposes someone for depression, anxiety, and mental health. So these conversations can allow ourselves to equip young people to figure out strategies to deal with those realities. Topic discussion number four, I would say, includes talking about the importance of reflecting on the benefits of what it would mean to create peace in one's life, to prioritize peace. Here we're talking about the ideas of gratitude and meditation and exercise and just taking some time out from the busyness of life and engaging in self-care. Number five, live consciously. Another big discussion topic, right? Here, when we're talking about living consciously, we're talking about thinking critically, 
knowing one's biases, suspending judgment, and a reminder from Winnie the Pooh to think, 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 and ask questions. And at the end of the day, to be able to kind of construct a position that you can stand by, you know, for principled living. It includes this idea of recognizing that the real business in life is a spiritual journey. And that this requires some soul work. And that for us to really do well in this world, we have to know our strengths and leverage our strengths. And the last thing, laugh, play, dance. Do something each and every day to bring some laughter into your day because that's really revitalizing. So these are the things that I think I'm going to be discussing as the years unfold with my sons to help equip them for the happier quest. But there's no guarantees, there's no formula, there's just kind of a mindful preparedness for this complicated world that we live in. So my question to you is, do you have anything to add to this list? What would you focus on? Are you a kind of a show-don't-tell parent or you like me and thoroughly enjoy the thought of a good conversation with your kids because it's just a, a joy to be with them and to discover them as they share with us in terms of these really interesting open-ended conversations. So there you go. That's our show for today. A little bit longer than anticipated, but I'd like to thank you for joining me at the Hope for Humanist Cafe for another tip of the iceberg conversation. I really hope you check out those resources. If only episode 16, in terms of getting the basics for this podcast episode, you want to start around the 32-minute point into that lecture. Uh, if you can, start listening to the whole series. Highly recommended. Check out the Purpose Challenge, and perhaps tonight, maybe it's time to do some yoga with Adrian. So, like always, it's a pleasure. I've enjoyed this meeting of minds. And until next time, peace and take care.